We're talking about prayer and prayer that works, and today we're going to be talking about how, how to pray, plain and simple, just how to pray. And uh, today we're talking about a prayer for loved ones, prayers of supplication. How many parents in this room have spent time praying for their children? How many, how many of you have prayed for a need outside of yourself or a burden that you carry for someone that you love? You know, because not all, of our, not all of our prayers are about ourselves. You know, we have people that we know that are going through hard times. I've been talking to people this week who are struggling and going through hard times. And my heart goes out to them. Hard times in family. Hard times because of conflict. Hard times because of finances. Hard times because of whatever other stresses are happening, hard times. And, and, we, and we hear of these hard times, and we want to pray because we know that people have great needs. But we want to pray prayer that works. And so we, uh, we ask, you know, how do we pray for this? Is there a formula? What makes God listen to these prayers? So today, we're going to actually end the service, when I get to the end of this message, with, with a practice, with a, with a practical prayer. And... Uh, and so then we, we have, we're going to be praying for somebody. So to get to that point, I'm simply going to ask you the question of who do you know that needs prayer? Who are you going to pray for in today's service? And you could just name the first name in Slack um, right now. I want you involved in Slack during the service. But who are you going to pray for in today's service? Allow the rest of the service to have this person in your heart and in your mind Somebody that you're going to focus on. Somebody that you're going to pray for. So this service today will prepare you to be praying for this person. Our, our text for today is Philippians 4, 5, and 7. I love the first verse right here. The Lord is at hand. That's the verse. Anybody want to do Bible memory? Here we go. First, uh, Philippians 4, verse 5. The Lord is at hand. Got it? The Lord is at hand. There you go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Look, there's a couple of absolutes in this verse. The first absolute that I want to highlight is in everything by prayer. In everything by prayer. It means that this type of prayer is about anyone in any situation for any reason. This type of prayer is different from last week's prayer. Last week was the foundation of prayers because you seek God. But this type of prayer is about prayer for other people. So when you consider the person you're praying for today, what is it that you're going to pray about? Salvation? Healthy relationships, finances, healing, forgiveness, reconciliation. What are you going to pray about? So I see lots of people here putting in names. Aaron, Diane, Diane, Monique, Jane, Hamid, Emma, Wesley, Tabitha, Jasmine, Cece, Leah, Grandma, Olivia. Do not be anxious about anything. 
is our second is our second absolute. Don't be anxious about anything. While we carry each other's burdens, that's the call of Christ. You carry each other's burdens. That's what it is to come to church, to be part of our church community. We will lift those burdens with you. We will carry them. So while you're supposed to carry each other's burdens, do not be anxious about anything. We can't carry the anxiety of that person's issues. Whatever you're praying about, the other absolute is don't carry that person's anxiety. See, someone comes and tells me a terrible story of woe and pain. It's not for me to figure out how to fix it. Because I can't actually accomplish that feat. The, the anxiety of it will put me in the grave. Right? When somebody comes and tells you a problem of their, of their issues, of what's going on, maybe they'll tell you a work problem, they'll tell you what's going on, you can't change the work problem. You can't fix it. And so, be anxious about nothing. Don't carry the anxiety of somebody else's problems. See, anxiety is experienced by everyone. And, and it's a human condition, such as hunger or thirst. Every single one of you in this room will experience anxiety. You just will. It's natural. It's a natural response to the realization that I don't have divine control, and I can't control the divine. That's where anxiety comes from. You don't have divine control over everything in your life. You can't force things to happen the way you want them to happen. You can't guarantee the outcomes. And so you get anxious. It's natural. You know, we have friends confiding in us their greatest challenge, and they tell us what's going on. That's what friendship is about, listening. I mean, that's what Donkey from Shrek says, right? I don't know, maybe that's too old. You don't carry their issues with your anxiety because it doesn't work. So what do we do? When somebody gives me their burden, their issue, I can't take on their anxiety. So what do I do? The Bible's response to anxiety is supplication. The Bible's response to anxiety is prayer. You take it to God in prayer. Paul names this prayer. He calls it supplication. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So there's a good word. What is supplication? Someone said uh, not carrying each other's uh, anxiety is hard for empaths. And you're right. It's very, very hard for empaths. And, and for an empath, actually, this prayer is so helpful. So what is supplication? The definition of supplication is the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. I picture a teenager who wants to go away on a weekend trip. Now, the thing about this weekend trip is only his friends are going. Him, six of his other friends. And they want to go to a cottage. The cottage is 100 kilometers from here, and they have a history of being a little bit reckless, you know, because they're older teenagers. And they really, really want to go, but they still need, they need the permission to go, 
They're not quite that old that they're like their own independent person. They need permission. They're a little dependent on rides. They've got to get up there, right? So they're like 15, 16 years old. They want to go away on their own. Okay, so most parents in that situation are going, nope, not a chance, not trusting that situation. You know, like, no way. My, my 14-year-old is not going on a weekend trip with a bunch of 16-year-old buddies or, four, or 15-year-old buddies. I'm totally just making this up. You can put yourself in that situation, right? How's this going to go? How's this conversation going to go, actually? I mean, some parents are going to be like, nope. I actually want to start hearing from you on Slack. Let's put ourselves here in this situation. So your 14, 15, 16-year-old kid wants to go on a trip away. No adult supervision. 100 kilometers away to cottage. How's this conversation going to go? I'm really interested. What do you think? What's going to happen? See, the first answer we get on Slack is very telling. It says, definitely not with pastor's kids. <laughs> right? Wisdom. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, the, the, the kid, the kid is in this situation where they're like this. Please, let me go on this trip. I mean, I'm going to follow all your rules. Dad. Mom, I'm going to make sure that everybody's all safe. It's all good. Please let me go on the trip. I'm going to make sure that no one disobeys anything and everything will be left perfectly clean and the chicken will be cooked fully. Promise. Right? This is, this is what's going on. We've got, we've got supplication. We've got, we've got this whole piece of, of the kid is in the position where that child does not have the power to control the outcome. They just don't. They're not at that place in life where they're controlling it. All you parents are so nice. We got, we got a couple. We got a couple. Uh, that's a big heck no. <laughs> One of them was like, uh, tell me more about the value of this trip for you. Tell me what your plan is. Help me understand what you intend to do. Um, yeah, that's really good. Uh, so, someone said there's no way they're eating chicken. Uh, it's going to be pizza for days. Um, it's wonderful. Uh, someone said I would offer to chaperone the trip. But they would be like, okay, so please, 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 and this is it. This is the picture that we have, this picture of the person that actually doesn't have the power to make the outcome. And this is us. We don't hold any power that forces God to be influenced by us. I don't... Look, if there's a religious system that says that you have power over God, if you do this, 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 and this, God has to do this, it's called paganism. It's not Christianity. In Christianity, we actually have no power over God. That's actually what makes him God. We don't, we don't control God. We have no power over him. So it brings us to a position of humility, just like that teenager would be. We also have a history where God has been convinced because people have prayed. 
That's in our history. That's in our book. That's in our experience where God has been convinced because people have prayed. They have put supplications out. They have, what was, what was supplication? We saw supplication as the action of asking or begging for something earnestly or humbly. We have seen God change and say, yep, I'm going to do what you just asked. Wow. What a God. So first, I'm put in a position of absolute humility. I don't have control of whether I can go to the cottage with my teenager friends. But then God humbles himself and changes. And some of us, as parents, can understand that. So do, Let's go back to Slack. Does this, does this cheat? Does this teen have a chance of going to the cottage with his friends? Let's see. Um, my initial response would be no. Then I'd consider the trust I have in my kid. And I would try to set, up, set them up for success to support them, making plans if things go wrong. Plans for success. This is good. This is great because this is what God has done with a prayer of supplication. God has said, all right, let's go this way. And how is it going to work? God has done this. He's actually changed his mind because his people have prayed. This is a prayer that works. So first it's humble. I don't have the power. And then God engages. Maybe this teen does have a chance. Someone asks a very practical question. How close is it to the hospital or the police station? It depends on which child and which friends they're going with. There's a way around this. So can we convince God of anything by supplication? What would convince him? I consider Abraham and his nephew Lot and their town. I consider the story of Abraham, and we'll just go through it. Lot had moved into a sketchy neighborhood. Things weren't going well, and God had heard enough of the prayers that he, that he wanted to see if people are actually terrible and deserving of judgment. And God decided in his power and his wisdom to go see. And if it was as bad as purported, God would destroy the town completely with fire. But Abraham's nephew, Lot, was living there. So Lot is now in real mortal danger. And Abraham has no power over God at all, even though Lot's life is at risk. So Abraham hears of God's plan. He sees what's happening. He prepares for it. And Genesis 18, 20, 21 says, Then the Lord said, Because of the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, I will go down to see if they, if they have done altogether according to the outcry that's come to me. And if not, I will know. So the story continues. Note the humility here. 18, 27, 29. Abraham answered and said, Behold, I've undertaken to speak to the Lord. Who am I but dust and ashes? Huge humility, right? Suppose five, five of the 50 righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five? And the angel, the messenger of the Lord, said, I will not destroy it if I find 45 righteous. And again, he spoke to the angel and said, suppose there are 40 found there. This is supplication. This is, I hear what's happening, 
And, and I'm just pressing my luck a little bit. I'm pushing against God, saying, God, I don't have control to save Sodom and Gomorrah, but, but what if there's 40 people? And the conversation continues all the way down until 10. Abraham gets his way with 10. And God's like, okay, if there's even 10 people there, I won't destroy the whole city. See, in supplication, God's, God's decisions, God's, God's metrics are, are influenced by our prayers, not because he has to, but because he loves us and he wants to, and he's willing to answer our prayers. The person that you're thinking of and praying for today, God cares and loves, and so you have permission to pray to God and say, God, make a difference here. God, do something. Abraham starts to suggest what God should do. Don't be anxious, but with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. This is where we understand this different category of prayer. When you pray to get to know God, your heart has changed you, and shapes you and you know what God's doing and now God can do powerful things and it can happen because the alignment of your heart is now with God's. So God's going to do something and you were over here, you pray to get to know God and your heart changes and, and you just get in line with God and now you're in alignment. And that is a great form of prayer that works because you've been changed more into God's image. But the prayer that we're talking about today is different. The prayer we're talking about today is where, where God's, God seems like he's going in this direction and the outcome's going in this direction and, 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 and you don't have power to control it, whether it was God or whether it was enemy or something. You don't have the power to control it. And, and the, you look at the future and this is the way it's going. And you say, no, I don't want that. I don't see that for my child. I don't see that for the person I'm praying for today. I don't, I don't want it to go that way. And now you come to God and say, God, I want you to change the trajectory of where this is going. Bring healing, bring hope, bring restoration, bring provision, bring what you need to bring to change the trajectory. Something's got to change. See, this type of prayer doesn't mean you're going to always get what you want. One of the big hard questions in theology is what happens when, when a prayer for healing doesn't get answered? And we come up with this really, really lame thing that God's like, okay, well, sometimes I say yes, sometimes I say no, and sometimes I say yet, uh, or wait. You're just like, ah, oh. it leaves me wanting. But here, we actually recognize who we are. We can't control God, and so we literally petition God, and we say, God, please, 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 please. Always recognizing that God is the one who works. God cares deeply for the things that we care about. When you pray like this, you're making a request and giving you reasons to God about why he should do something. But you're not praying from authority. This is why you must keep yourself grateful as you pray. Let's go back to the verse. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God because you don't hold the power. You can't make things happen by controlling divine power, but we have the ear of the one who can. 
I don't pray for something I know I'm going to solve on my own very often. Maybe that's why some of you don't pray very often. You think he could solve everything. But I pray for the things that are beyond me, things I can't control. I make requests to God. It's why we need to rely on God's power. What is the request that you need to make to God for your loved one? What is the request that you need to make to God for your loved one? If you want to answer that in Slack, that would be great. How can you present this request with thanksgiving? Here's where the peace of God starts to work inside of us. Anxiety that I started talking about works on my power to control and fix everything. Thankfulness reminds me of God's power and his ability to fix everything. Therefore, as I consciously move my thoughts from anxiety to thankfulness, I start to experience the peace of God. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It surpasses all understanding. My rational mind is totally at sea here in these situations because I've already taxed all my resources. I've already tried to figure it out, but the teen still wants to go to the cottage. We've already tried to fix our friend's issues, but the issues still persist. We've already tried to do everything to bring healing, but the healing is still not there, and I can't fix it, and I feel helpless. And, And that's the condition the world finds itself in, but we recognize that this verse promises peace. Because while I can't do it, God can. God can. God has the ability. And at this foundation is implicit trust in God. There's implicit trust in God's eternal kingdom, in God's eternal work. It's grounded in his eternal work. And from there, I can have gratitude that God is faithful and he will see it come to pass. Things will be made perfectly right. All things will be made right. We will be in a place where we are with God. We trust these things. It is that foundation that now I can say, but God, can I have but a foretaste of it now? Even the most drastic healings in Scripture were only a foretaste. If you consider Lazarus, who was raised from the dead, he still died again. It was but a foretaste of that which is inevitable. God does win. The struggles that I take to God right now are important and temporal. They're important, yes, because they're very important to us. And, and we are like, God, but please. And God says, I see your temporary need. And I know my eternal destination. And your need is fulfilled in me. Plain and simple. Your need is already, yes and amen. It is fulfilled. Now we're just talking about the details. And so in this place... Now I can honestly and humbly say to God, God, I want those details to work out the way I want them right now, please. God, please, can we see provision for that person? What is your request that you need to make known to God for your loved one? 
comes from trust in God, that God is real and active. If you don't trust that God is real and active, you just come to church to be a better person, to find happiness in life, your prayers are always going to be a slog. You know, prayer is the most frustrating thing when you don't actually believe that God's actually listening. Prayer becomes this. Prayer becomes telling the universe to stop universing. If you don't actually believe in the God who will make all things right and live with us, prayer is a disgusting slog. Why are you wasting your time? Prayer that works is founded in a deep belief that God loves you and he has a great plan for you. So we're going to pray for the person you listed. We have a God who listens to us. We have a God who cares about us when things stress us out. We have a God who wants, to put, wants us to put our trust in him and not in our own solutions. So today you've been thinking all service about this person and their need. Today we're grateful that God has and does continue to work in powerful ways. We understand that we don't control God and we humbly ask in alignment with God's character we, and we beg God to interrupt the trajectory of things to make things right or to be with somebody. So today we're going to spend just a quick couple moments. We're just going to carry each other's burdens without carrying the anxiety. If you're new here, this is just something that, that we do occasionally, and it's okay. Uh, you don't actually have to speak or anything. But I'm going to encourage people to just gather in small groups, no more than four. And we're going to, you can voice your prayer request, and somebody at your, in your group will pray. Or you could pray yourself. And simple prayers are this. God, I'm thankful for whatever you're thankful for. That puts you in a position of humility. God, I ask you to... Do whatever you need done with this person. Do only what you can do, because I can't do this without you. Amen. So I'm gonna, we're going to just take just a couple of moments, and I'm going to get you to turn briefly and meet with a group of four. Um, yeah, and you can, you can just pray together, pray with people. Um, there will be some chairs moving. Carry each other's burdens. But don't take on the anxiety. God's the one that solves the problems. Join with me as I close our service in prayer. Holy Lord, we come to you with our many, many requests. God, we thank you that you are a faithful God. And Jesus, even I'm reading on Slack, people saying, oh, why... Why do some prayers get answered and others don't? Holy Spirit, I pray that you would meet with every person that has offered a prayer to you today, Jesus. Jesus, I pray that the peace that surpasses all understanding would be put upon their hearts. Jesus, that we would have an increased sense of trust. That you are the God who is powerful enough to carry this through to completion, to bring about the outcomes which you desire, that you are the God that understands with all wisdom and all grace and all understanding every aspect of every request that we have just brought to you. Holy God, you see it in ways that we cannot. And so, Jesus, I pray for your mercy to be exhibited to each one of these prayer requests. 
God, I pray that you, by your power, would intervene, that you would bring healing and provision, that you would bring hope and direction. Jesus, that you would bring health in every way. Jesus, I pray that you would be glorified in this body of believers. Jesus, that as we pray and we persistently pray, Jesus, I pray that we would be a people that are defined by it. Jesus, that we would be a people that are defined by our humble reliance on a faithful God. And Jesus, I pray that, that you would receive all the glory for all of the answers to the prayers that you are offering today, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would be glorified, that we would not be like the ten lepers who did not return and give thanks and praise, but that we would remember to praise our God and Father who has given us good gifts. And Jesus, I pray for a blessing on everybody. In your name, amen.